Hello everyone and welcome back to the Finding Yourself podcast, the mini podcast series that centers around movies and TV. I'm your host Cal Duffy and in today's episode I want to speak on season 2 of the Sunderland Till I Die documentary series. With the introduction of season 2 we learn that the club is being sold by Ellis Short who no longer wants to invest any more money in the club. We are then introduced to the new owners Stuart Donnell and Charlie Meffin. Season 2 centers around the arrival of the new owners at the club and it's from this perspective that season two is told. We follow the owners as they become acclimated to the club, meet staff, find out what kind of state Sunderland is in, and strategize to bring them back to the Premiership. There's a number of topics and issues that season two decides to highlight, one of which, and I think the biggest of which, is the financial ruin that Sunderland is in. Charlie Meffin really tries to hit this home to the staff in their first strategy meeting. He highlights the fact that the business model they were under was disastrous and that going forward it's not going to be as simple as just writing a check to the owner to pay it off. Everyone going forward is going to have to make this club better and will have to step up and take responsibility. And you can see the staff kind of look bewildered and it's almost like they're kids in a classroom and their teacher is given out to them. It just feels like the staff are very scared about the idea of running the club themselves and not being able to to rely on some rich owner to fix everything for them and that's the reality they're facing now they have to be a self-sustaining club and build themselves back up again and it's a task that they're all going to have to face together as a viewer and a football fan i could appreciate the passion shown by the owners when they arrived it's obvious they wanted to get the club on the right track and do right by the club it's obvious they had a plan for that but i think when they arrived the plans they had had to be readjusted because I think when Stuart Donald and Charlie Meffin realized what they were facing in terms of financial woes of the club plans had to be restructured and focus had to be shifted on not just gaining promotion but also making sure that we're financially stable. So as new owners of a club they had to be very frugal from the get-go. They couldn't be splashing cash on big signings right away because they didn't have the money to do that. They had to reevaluate what players were worth keeping because now as a league one side they could really only afford to keep a certain standard of player and players that were at a higher standard were going to demand more money which they couldn't afford to give them. I think the fans gravitated towards the new owners right away because the new owners adapted a smart strategy. They let the fans know, listen, we know what a bad situation this is. We want to make this club better. We're starting a rebuild. We're reshaping the club. We're addressing our financial situation. We're addressing the culture of the club. Come on this journey with us and help us build our club back up to where it should be. The fact that the new owners were honest and upfront about every aspect of their plan and the club's status with the fans, I think that really won them over because the fans up until now had no real idea of the severity of their club situation. And I think they didn't have a good relationship with Ellis Short. They really hated him and they hated the way the club was being managed and run from the inside out. So of course they were going to respond well to a new owner who would say, listen, it's your club, you have a say in how it's run. That's the way I want to do things. One other main talking point of season two of this documentary series was the Josh Maja situation. We were introduced to Josh Maja in season one as a youth academy player. He came up through the ranks and earned a couple of starts for Sunderland in season one. Didn't score many goals, maybe one or two. But in season two, he really hit the ground running and became Sunderland's in-form striker and top goal scorer for the season. He really found his feet in League One and was scoring goals for fun, to be honest. And this obviously 
obviously put him in good graces with the fans and he quickly became a fan favourite. The whole Sunderland fan base really hung their hopes of promotion around Josh Madja and his goal scoring ability. However, with his contract coming to an end and the club trying to re-sign him, I do think he was enticed by greener pastures. With the form he was in, he was bound to generate some interest from abroad and from other teams. And in the documentary, we find out that his agent is known for moving players abroad for a bigger agent's fee. So he's bound to trust his agent as well because he's young and he doesn't know how to work in that world and what to do by himself. So he's going to rely and trust his agent. So I don't blame Josh Madger for leaving because he's young. He wants to win trophies. And I'd say his agent told him, listen, you can stay here for a couple of years. The fans might love you. You might get promoted up to the championship. But this club is going to be a project for the next couple of years for the owners. They are going to take their time to work this club out. You might win any trophies and you might end up being 28 and still being in the championship or League One. Now is the time to jump ship and get what you deserve, which is trophies, a higher pay grade. So I think any young player in that situation would jump ship. And Josh Madger is no different. And listen, now Josh Madger has Premier League experience. He went away to, I think it was Lille or Bordeaux. It was a French team anyway. He swapped League One in England for League One in France. But last year he played with Fulham in the Premiership. And he scored a couple of goals in the Premiership. So I think long term his decision has paid off. But in the moment, I think the fans really felt betrayed. I personally think he should have stayed and finished out the rest of the season. Just because with his scoring ability, he could have easily got them promoted. I think they would have walked League One with the way he was scoring goals. And after they got promoted, he could have left then. Because I think the fans would have definitely turned around and said, Listen, he had a chance to leave us mid-season last season. He didn't. He stayed loyal. He got us promoted. He deserves to go to the Premiership and win trophies with a bigger team because fans will respect you if you stay loyal at the right time take for instance harry kane with spurs he stayed loyal for a number of years and when it looked like he had a chance to leave to go to man city this season fans weren't mad about it because they know harry kane as a player and as a person harry kane as a player he tried his best at that club so the fans weren't mad at the prospect of him leaving to win trophies and i definitely think this would have been the case with josh madja as well with their top goal scorer gone they had to dip their toe into the transfer market in January and I think this is where Stuart Donald's inexperience as a club owner really came into play. Their main priority now was obviously to replace Josh Madja, signing a new goal scorer who could keep them on track to challenge for promotion. However, the transfer window was not easy for Sunderland because of their diminishing stature in the game and their financial issues. Many clubs they were in talks with took the piss, delayed transfer talks, just so they would offer more money because they knew they were desperate. And Stuart Donald's desperation really showed in this transfer window. I realise he probably was desperate to sign a goal scorer and keep his club on track. And it's the first year he's in charge, so he's going to be over-emotional about a lot of things. And because he was acting out of emotion in the transfer window, that's why he fell into the transfer window trap in January. He overpaid massively for an aging player in Will Grigg and made him one of the most expensive players in League One history. What really frustrated me about this in the documentary was he had staff around him telling him don't fall into the trap of the January window, don't make any harsh decisions and even when he was about to make a harsh decision he had one staff member there in particular who said it does not make financial or rational sense to make this offer right now, we need to walk away and with Stuart Donald's financial philosophy being a frugal one to be as frugal as possible to rebuild this club in a financial sense him offering three million for will grigg really contradicted all that so i was 
frustrated and kind of confused about that too because as well as that instead of paying three million for one player he could have spread it out he could have looked at a 20 year old to replace josh Madge instead of a 28 year old he could have looked at buying a midfielder a defender and a striker and strengthening all three areas of his team but instead he focused in on one player for the majority of the transfer window and in doing this he essentially cheated himself out of other options out there that might have been more financially sound and made more sense in the moment of course i can say this all in hindsight because it wasn't me making that decision i'm sure if i was in Stuart donald's shoes in that moment i would have been pissing my pants over what to do really after josh Madger left sunderland's season went downhill they didn't sign anyone that came near replacing him will grigg tried his best but really couldn't find his form and because they didn't have a goal scorer like josh Madger, the results started to suffer even though their form was dipping they did get themselves in positions to win trophies but fell at the last hurdle both in league one and in a domestic cup final with their season being a big letdown the way it was I expected the fans to turn on the owners the way they turned on Chris Coleman and Simon Grayson in the first season. However, that didn't happen. The fans always seemed to have a good opinion of the owners and trusted the process that the owners were committed to. They seemed to place a lot of blame on the players on the pitch for not getting the results. Similar to season one, there's an air of misery in season two, but it's a different kind of misery, if that makes sense. I absolutely love this documentary series. It's become a filler show for me. It's so rewatchable. So I definitely recommend this documentary series to watch, especially if you have a keen interest in football and what goes into running a football club. For a full and comprehensive review of this documentary, you can always check out my previous video on season one. If you enjoy reviews and discussions around all different types of movies, TV shows and documentaries, you can always subscribe to my channel. I put out new videos every week. This has been the Finding Yourself podcast with Kyle Duffy. Thanks for listening.